It's the Owl360 Podcast, and we are at Seymour Middle School with Mrs. Diane Altemeyer. Diane, as you know, is director of our ELL services and Title I coordinator, director for the corporation. Federal Programs Director, yeah. So, Diane, real fast today, we are going to be talking about the Certification of Multilingual Proficiency. I did well, didn't I? That's a mouthful, yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you. So, the Certificate of Multilingual Proficiency is a certificate that high school seniors can use if they can show a intermediate to high level of proficiency in a language other than English. So that could be any language, not just necessarily Spanish. Correct. We have the ability to assess just about every language represented at Seymour High School, um, including American Sign Language. So what, when this certification is done or completed, what does that, what does it do for the student? So it is a great opportunity, especially for students entering the workforce, to be able to show their prospective employer that they have bilingual capacity, um, not only just in an oral um, capacity with speaking and listening, but to, to be able to read and write as well. So it is a great opportunity for those entering the workforce or um, skill employment to be able to show their employer an extra skill. Fantastic. Yeah, that opens up a lot more doors. Right. Also, what about for college? Are colleges looking for this at all? So currently, um, Indiana is in negotiations with universities to be able to award um, language credits at the university level, but currently that is not something that they are doing, but they are looking forward to that. But it helps regardless of whether you're entering college or the workforce, because as soon as you get through with college, the goal is to get a job in your field so that is that will carry on with you past your four years of college when you reach employment um, status then so you'll always have that on your transcript okay, to show so your once, employers. once you've got it you've mm-hmm. got it yeah okay and so whenever you um, participate in the certificate of multilingual proficiency that is when you earn it you will have that noted on your transcript so that will always be something that you have to it's on your diploma and on your hi- official high school transcript and what are, what are the qualifications? What does a student need to be doing? Say as a freshman, I mm-hmm. want to get ready. I want to have this when I'm a senior. Right. So really the, the thing that anybody can do to work towards this is to really work on your proficiency in that language. So world language students who are native English speakers who may be taking Spanish or French or Latin, um, they would really want to work on their reading and, and writing components of that language. That seems to be the hardest for our world languages to show proficiency in. But also our native language. Spanish speakers, um, they can show proficiency in Spanish and really the reading and writing. They can continue to build their proficiency. But to be able to sit for the Certificate of Multilingual Proficiency, you have to be a senior and you also have to be on track to graduate. So you have to meet the requirements of your ICE, um, your graduation equivalency exam. You have to have enough credits to graduate, basically be on track to graduate. And then you have to sit for an external language exam, which I administer at the high school, usually in January or February. We'll start working on administering those to the students, and they have to pass that exam to earn all parts of the certificate. Is there any, let's say I've studied, I think I'm ready, I don't do well on the test. Mm -hmm. Can you, can I read take that? Yeah, that's a great question. So there are four components, speaking, listening, reading, and writing to the assessment, and they are each independent of each other. So if you don't pass one of those, you only have to retake that section. So the the assessments are really um, quite inexpensive. It's usually $20 for the, the first sitting, and then if you have to retake one of the 
um, domains, it's five dollars a piece usually. Oh, okay. So it's really it's really a pretty um, reasonable cost for the assessment for what it's going to gain you. So if parents are interested in this for their, their students or mm -hmm. students are interested in this on their own, how do they go about it? They talk to their guidance counselor, mm -hmm. they contact you, what? So the, the guidance office, the main office, most of your teachers at the high school will have the information on a sign up. I've created a Google form and it's a tiny URL forward slash see more comp. Um, and that sign-up link is on all the posters. There will be posters at the high school, um, and there will be flyers and student services in the main office as well. So it's basically just a sign-up, and then once the student signs up, I communicate directly with them via email with all their requirements and things that need to happen. Thanks, Mrs. Altemeyer, for taking the time to talk to the Out360 podcast. Appreciate all your efforts you do for all the students at Seymour Community Schools. Now let's switch over to Reading Elementary, where we have the Laurel and Hardy of the administrative team, Mr. Bush and Mr. Floyd. Let's find out what's going on at Reading Elementary. And with me are Mr. Floyd and Mr. Bush. Hey guys, so what's going on at Reading Elementary, Mr. Bush? Oh, we've been up to a lot of big things over here lately. Uh, we were really excited to have our annual safety day in October where we really work hard with preparing our students for different situations and meeting different local law enforcement and emergency responders along with practicing some drills around the building that we don't always get a chance to practice building wide like a lockdown out of the cafeteria or a reverse evacuation out on the playground. And so that was a big day for us and exciting times around here. Well, I think you said safety, not scared, or what was the, the term you used? We want to prepare, but not scare. I love that. So who all did you have, Mr. Floyd, as far as people come in from the community during that day? Yeah, we had uh, representatives from our local fire department, police, uh, D Department of Natural Resources, um, and then our emergency uh, paramedic personnel as well, uh, as well that were all able to participate in that activity day. Well, I know a lot of schools, like we're coming up uh, in a week at the middle school, we're going to do the uh, a man-made disaster drill. Uh, that involves a lockdown and that kind of stuff. And I, th I would think with elementary students, it's very, very important to, to not scare them, to not alarm them. Is that kind of what you guys, is that kind of what safety day is too? Yep, it sure is. And, and our kids have come such a long way in that process of knowing um, how important safety is. If they see something, they say something. Um, and it's just a big push uh, around the building, and they've done a great job with it. How big is Reading, Mr. Floyd? How many students do you guys have now? We are now at 662 students. That's just about the size, just a little bit less than the middle school. That's a lot to take care of. Are you guys running out of room, Mr. Bush? We are currently using every nook and cranny we have available to meet the needs of our kids, but we're making it work. Um, but it's probably not too far away from being completely stretched out over here, yes. How many uh, teachers do you have in each grade level on average? Uh, three, four, Mr. Floyd? Yeah, we, uh, we're for the most part a four-section grade. And then in this year, because of our numbers and our enrollment going up, our kindergarten and first grade now have five sections each. And you guys also house the BEST program. For those not familiar with the BEST program, Mr. Bush, could you just do, give us a brief description of what that is? Uh, it's a program we're very proud of here. It stands for Behavioral Education Support and Transitions. And these are our students who come to us with a little a bit of additional need for their emotional support students that that come from some backgrounds where where they may manage or mismanage coping with those emotions and, and struggle to stay in a regular classroom um, our teachers are doing a great job teachers and staff of working with these students on um, both the mental and um, the mental health part of the the job and and getting our students 
um, to build that self-confidence with those coping skills. And uh, they've been doing a great job of even rejoining their gen ed peers for a lot of the year this year. It's been a great year. We've got some great people in place and just one of those programs that you don't hear a lot about, but people put an awful lot of time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears into the program where, um, you know, it's, it's something we walk away from proud every day. Well, you know, a lot of the students at elementary school, we, I mean, at the, from the elementary, we get to the middle school and they speak so highly of you guys here at Reading. I mean, they speak so highly of some of the teachers and the staff that's involved. So um, just congratulations and thank you guys. Now, do you all have, as Emerson does, a I can never say this right, amygdala room, you know, the, the not brainstem room where they go like a uh, amygdala room. Thank you, Mr. Smarty Pants. You know, we like to think that we don't have necessarily a room, but especially with a lot of the professional development that we've had the opportunity for our staff to participate in, every single one of our classrooms is equipped with a lot of those interventions and that equipment to where we don't necessarily limit to one space. We've got those resources accessible throughout the whole building. But in their hallway, Mr. Bush, or... Yeah, we, we do have a couple of things in place for kids to take those brain breaks and to get some of the wiggles out. We have created a sensory path this year with a lot of help and support from our OTPT department, Micah Albrand and the special education department. Uh, that's been a big hit this year. And then we also have a sensory room. One of our classrooms is put together for, for those sensory needs and, and that break for students to get in there and, and reset the amygdala, as you would say. Amygdala. I'll get that right. Get that right eventually. But I know that's a that's very important, and that makes a lasting impression on a lot of the students we see in middle school and on to high school. So thank you guys. Thank everybody here at, at Reading for that. Okay, now let's let's turn off that and go on to something else. The PBIS, Positive Behavior Intervention Systems, which we have at the the middle school as well, and we have like an alley galley. Uh, very important. Lorianne Wessel does a lot with that. I know uh, Katie is kind of our director of the elementary program through it for all the elementaries. But um, so, Mr. Floyd, what's going on with, with PBIS here at Reading? Yeah, we've uh, we've been given the opportunity um, through some staffing and some uh, resources and opportunities, and with also having our new director of PBIS, Mrs. Leitzman, being involved with our elementary to. Uh, to kind of further our behavioral RTI pro- process that we've uh, we've had in place and to refine that and make it even better uh, to where with that PBIS team, we have those students that may have some additional needs um, that, you know, that the classroom doesn't necessarily meet, but obviously they're not students that we need to have, you know, uh, a separate space for. So through that, through that team, we're able to facilitate and implement different interventions that are going to help those kids be successful remain in their gen ed room, and then also build coping skills in the process that are going to help them as they progress in elementary up to the middle school to where uh, we can gradually scaffold those things back and they then are able to develop those things and be successful students. And, you know, the coping skills are so important, even as adults. I mean, a lot of us don't have a lot of coping skills. You know, as a lot of people I know, if I'm really down, give me that chocolate. You know, I'll find myself eating stuff I shouldn't. Uh, so those are that's so, so important. And I know uh, Meredith, uh, your social worker slash counselor, does a great job, is, is involved in that a lot too. Now, the PBIS that you have here, do you all have a a store where they, the students like earn, or say, Reading Bucks or anything like that yet? Well, it's a little different here at the elementary level. We, we have a ticket system in place where they earn Hornet Pride tickets, and, and we take time to honor those kids and, and have drawings for, for different opportunities for them to be rewarded. Uh, we have many convocations throughout the year where our students who are meeting those needs are invited to attend and be a part of the great things that are going on with their behaviors. And um, we haven't quite gotten around to, to adding in a store like you guys have there at the middle school yet. I know the kids like it, and it's funny. Sometimes they just want to go in and look around. 
you know, they'll say, Mr. Hubbard, I only have three albucks, but they want to go in and look around. They like to shop. I guess, I guess it's an American tradition or something. We like to shop and like to look around. But the PBIS, it, it does work. What I like about it, it's a tangible thing they can see or feel or understand. You know, if I do this right, I'm going to get a ticket. And a lot of times it can help curb that, what I call that self-actuation uh, behavior where they know self-control to a certain degree and develop that. And I think... Uh, as, as far as reading concerned, the students we, we receive are really, like all our elementaries, but they're really up on that, and there's a lot of students that have those coping skills already there. Now, explain the RTI process we have here, Mr. Floyd. Would you mind telling sure. us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, as, as the year goes on, we'll find whether it be academically or behaviorally, there are students that um, over the course of time will show us that they need some additional supports. And with that, um, you know, traditionally it's been either you know, a student moves on and then maybe qualifies for special education or things like that, but they may not need that much support. So with the RTI process, it's a lot of different steps that we can do well before those things that we, we may just give a student just the little extra bit that they need. And it's something to where um, through those interventions, either it be in the classroom or having some additional things outside of the classroom that helps that student build those coping skills, you know, the exposure to that as they progress in their elementary years and then move on to middle and high school, you know, it may be something that once they acquire those skills, then they no longer need those interventions. And it's just enough to get them over that hump that they can then be successful. So uh, it's a great opportunity to provide some that extra supports needed that maybe were not there before, but it may not be something to where a student needs a whole nother set of services. So uh, it's just a good awareness for all of our staff of little things that we can not only do for those kids, but you're going to find are going to be good practices for all kids and give them that little extra support that they need to be successful. And Mr. Bush, it's a team effort. Uh, like you have a, in the RTI committee, a teacher from each grade level, or how do you? How is your committee set up? We have committees for both our academic and our behavioral RTI, um, where we have um, instructional coaches, special education teachers, classroom teachers, um, and obviously an administrator leading the charge in, in each of those departments. And we work together with, with all the different classroom teachers to, to meet their needs. Uh, they bring those students forward to us, and then we put them on a schedule. We get together, and, and we put a lot of great minds together to come up with good plans to make things, you know, best-case scenario for students while they're here at school. Fantastic. Hey, shifting gears again. Heard. Tell me a little bit about your uh, fall festival. I know you guys have already had it. Uh, it sounds to me like you guys have great parental involvement. How was the fall festival? What did you guys do? And tell me about a little bit about your uh, your PTO organization, if you don't mind, Mr. Bush. Okay, our PTO has always been really strong here at Reading. We we recently just welcomed in a new reign of leadership, and um, it's been an exciting run. Uh, the PTO is always excited to host our family fall festival. We do it the week before Halloween on a Friday each year, uh, where we offer trick-or-treating opportunities to students. We do a, a costume contest. Um, typically, we have a haunted hallway for students to walk through. Uh, there are games. There are cakewalks. Um, and then we always uh, coordinate that along with our book fair and open that up for families to come in. It's just a great night to come in and, and have some good family time with all of our students and their families. As far as sports are concerned, Mr. Bush, what do you have going on? I think some exciting news about what's returned to Reading School. Yes, sir. We are kind of right at the tail end of the re-implementation of our fifth grade boys elementary basketball league. Um, our Reading Hornets have represented themselves really well. They've been playing games on Tuesdays and Thursdays out at Cortland against the other local elementaries. Uh, it's been a really exciting 
um, opportunity for our kids to play together and to see the other kids from the other schools. Um, they wrap their season up with a tournament this weekend at Seymour High School. Depending on when this podcast is released, they probably may be done with that tournament at this time. Um, and then our girls' season is just getting ready to get going. The tryouts took place earlier this week, and practices have begun. And, um, you know, we received a lot of feedback from community members where they wanted to see that back inside the elementary schools. And um, this is my first opportunity. This is uh, year seven for me in Seymour, and it's the first opportunity I've had a chance to see it. And I know what they were missing. It, it was an exciting league to have out there, and there was just a lot of pride um, from the students and from the community at large. And a big thanks to everybody involved in organizing that from our athletic department at the head of Seymour Community Schools Athletic Department and, and all the elementaries for getting that back. And thank you guys very much for, for hosting and having a team. That's great. All right, folks, anything else you guys would want to cover at our salute to Reading this, this morning here on the podcast this afternoon? No, our goal, and you had mentioned it, and I think is the epitome of what we do, is, is that we, at the, when at the middle school, we want our kids at Reading. Um, as they move on, we want them to stick out and, and be noticeable given some of the things that we really focus on with our, our motto is that leadership, uh, that respectfulness, and, and being responsible. And we want those things. Well, our goal for our, our Reading students is for them to stand out from the others given those things that we really focus on each day. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that you're able to tell some of our former Reading kids and they stick out, and that's our goal for each kid as they leave our building. Mr. Bush? We've been working with kids all year on dreaming big, so um – Keep dreaming big, Troy. Thanks for having us on. Well, I love the saying out there where students enjoy learning, enjoy coming to school, and teachers enjoy teaching and being here. So I think congratulations to you both. Thanks, Mr. Bush. Thanks, Mr. Floyd. Appreciate the time and your uh, efforts uh, to help the Al360 podcast be informative for all the students at Reading and throughout the corporation. It's the Owl360 Podcast, and we're on the road in Mrs. Cottrell's yearbook staff where they're getting ready to start a podcast of their own. What are some of the issues you may be finding that's going on right now that you'd like to address? Um, we were going to address like peer pressure and mental illnesses just in general for the school. So your target audience is going to be high school students, right? Yes. How many students are at this high school, would you say? I would say around 1,500. How do you guys are determining how many people this might affect? I would just say overall, like, how many people are stressed, like, anxiety, depression, like, those type of areas. How can you identify students that are stressed? Can you see it in their faces sometimes? Yeah, I think, like, we just want to, like, spread awareness on, like, these topics and, like, it's sometimes it's kind of it's really noticeable in the hallways and seeing like all the peer pressure and everything that's going on. What are other things you think might be interested your to your target audience? Oh, I think the anxiety thing is a big thing we need to work on because I think it affects everyone in some way. Are there things in place here at the high school to help with anxiety and stress that you know of? Um, that's partly what we're going to be looking into to see what is all available to students, but right now we don't know of much. Right. Resources, wherever we go, are so important to know where they are and what they do. Now, from a male perspective, do you see a lot of stress coming that way, too? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, males tend to hide it a lot more because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. maybe not socially accepted, but everyone's stressed out sometimes. So that's something I think you guys would be dynamic and do a great job as addressing because most of you in here, you're used to adults telling you stuff. But if you can have your own voice, you can address things more immediately and a different perspective 
So really, you can go from the macro to the micro. With your podcast, you can go from we want to deal with a specific issue to a whole school-wide issue. Uh, what are you interested in hosting? Probably the mental illness part of it. Okay. Well, this has been the Owl 360 podcast on the road where we're soaring to excellence. Everyone. Every day. <laughs> We had Mrs. Cottrell's class. That was the yearbook staff talking about podcasts they would like to get started as part of our own Al 360 podcast dealing with teen issues, anxiety, stress, all kinds of stuff that goes in with that. Well, this has been Troy Hubbard. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Another one coming your way really quickly. Until next time, remember, we're soaring to excellence, everyone, every day. <laughs>